Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here. And I have come to minister a word from the Lord. I'm so grateful and so thankful to God for all of his many, many blessings. For God is great and he is greatly to be praised. My God, my God. God is an awesome God. He is a righteous God. He is a holy God. He is a God who loves his children. He is concerned about everything that concerneth us. Oh my God, my God, my God. I'm excited about this day. I'm excited about the word that God has given me today for his children. Let us enter into his presence. Father God, in the precious and holy name of Jesus, as we approach your throne today, we ask God that you will hear our prayers, Lord God. Father God, turn on the floodlights from heaven. Shine a light down on us, God. If there be anything in us that is not like you, Father God, we invite you to take it away. Father God, as we come before your people today, Lord God, and we experience your presence, Lord Jesus. We just surrender all, Lord God, and we ask that you will enter in, enter in, Lord Jesus. Have your way and let your will be done. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Oh, Father God, we ask that you will forgive us for every sin, seen and unseen, known and unknown, that we may stand before you through your righteousness. Oh, Father God, God, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you today for you are a great God and you are greatly to be praised. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. My God is an awesome God. Oh, yes, he reigns <laughs> from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. My God is an awesome awesome, awesome God. Oh God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. We enter in your courts with praise and into your presence with thanksgiving. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. (laughs) Oh, there's none like you. None like you. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. As we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. My God, we thank you, God. We thank you for our life, our health, our strength. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all of the provision that you have given us. Oh, Father God, we praise your holy name that we are yet in the land of the living. Oh, Father God, you've given us another opportunity to come and bow before you and to give you the honor that is due to you. My God, my God, what an awesome God. What a righteous God. What a holy God. What I want to talk to you about today. We're going to talk about he saw the best in me. But what have I seen in myself? Come on, somebody. He saw the best in me. But what have I seen in myself? I remember years ago, uh, 
what's his name, uh, came out with that song. He saw the best in me. Marvin Sapp. He saw the best in me. And I remember at my father's funeral, uh, my sister was adamant about having that song uh, as one of the songs played at his funeral. He saw the best in me because she felt that my father, of all the people in the world, was able to see the best in her. As I was contemplating uh, over this morning, as I was reviewing my notes and what God had for me to share with you all today, it's just something rang in my mind and said, but what do you see in yourself? (laughs) A lot of times we depend on what others see in us, but God is saying, what do you see in yourself? I remember um, it, it was a CD. I can't even remember the name of the group that that had this song and and me and my kids would listen to it every Sunday before we go to uh, service when we were going to uh, Greater Harvest. And uh, uh, one of the songs was, I'm chasing after you no matter what I have to do. I need you more and more. I wish my baby was in here with me. She would remind me of that song. But one of the songs admonishes us to see ourselves the way that God sees us. To see yourself the way that God sees you. And sometimes in seeing the best in ourselves, we're comparing us to others. We are comparing who we are to someone else. Um, many of you know who, who listen to me, and, and maybe not because I, I don't think I've been on here since I started dealing with uh, the passing of my mother. Uh, my very, very dear mother passed away uh, on January the 18th of this year. And uh, I'm, I'm yet grieving. I'm, I'm devastated, but I am praising God. God has given me a joy, a joy, an unspeakable joy. Uh, I remember talking to my oldest sister and, and you know, she had come to grips with uh, the fact that my mom was going to transition and I was still teetering on the side of God is going to perform a miracle. And she and I had had a conversation and I said, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for God because I was going through some of my own health issues or health scares. I'm going to say that, uh, health scares. And I said, I thank God, you know, that, that he performed a miracle. He performed a miracle. These people were saying, oh, we see uh, uh, a cyst, a complex cyst is what they called it, on your left ovary. And within that complex uh, cyst, we see liquid and solids. And to them, that denoted that that was uh, something that they needed to biopsy and, and see if there was cancer uh, prevalent there. And in order for them to do that, they needed to remove uh, my left ovary. And so it didn't stop there. They saw some fibroids, and I've, I've had fibroids for years. You know, I don't, I don't worry about them, but they saw, saw those, and they said, look, you know, we're going to have to test that. <laughs> so while we're in there, 
we're going to give you a full hysterectomy. Do you hear me? They said they were going to give me a full hysterectomy and I was ready for it because at this phase and stage in life, I'm sick of going through all these emotional hormonal changes that my body takes me through uh, every month. So I said, come on, take it all. (laughs) Take it all. I thought I was about to have to you know, negotiate with the doctor. When I sat down with the surgeon, he said, he he got straight to the point. He said, we taking it. (laughs) But anyway, my sister and I were having a conversation and I was telling her about how God had done this within four, was it four or six days? It was five on the fifth is when I had the, the, um, CAT scan. So within five days or four days before my surgery, I got a phone call from the nurse and she said, well, the doctor said they'd like to postpone your surgery. They want to take a a closer look. They want to give you an MRI so that they can see because the uh, cyst, the complex cyst that they saw was not uh, seen when they did the CAT scan. So they want to do an MRI. And you know, these jokers did an MRI on me and turn around and the, the, uh, cyst that was no longer seen on the left side through the CAT scan still was no longer seen on the left side in the MRI. But now they talking about, they see a simple cyst on the right side. I said, y'all better leave me alone. (laughs) Y'all better leave me alone. Anyhow, I'm talking to my sister on this particular day and she, um, she, I was telling her, I said, well, I, I, I thank God, you know, if he did it for me, if he did it for me, he can, he can do it for my mother. And, and you know, I said, if God allowed this to happen for me, he can, he can do it for my mother and my sister. And, and you got to know her to love her. She, she said in her own little way, <laughs> she said, well, God has already made up his mind or something like that. She said, she said, I believe he already made up his mind concerning my mother. Anyway. Uh, I, I, I received it because I, I recognized everybody was where they were uh, with the acceptance of, of my mother uh, transitioning. And so when I got off the phone with my sister, when I got off the phone with my sister, I go through these daily devotionals uh, and it is what the Lord is saying today. And uh, Bev Robinson, Bev Robinson is someone that God uses to speak to me oftentimes. And a lot of times I like to look at the word and, and, and just meditate on the prophetic word that God will give her for the day. Anyway, this day happened to be when she and I had this conversation. It was on January the 8th. It was January the 8th. And the word of God said, or the woman of God said, death is a sure thing. She went on to say, I want you to stop thinking negatively about it. For it is precious to me. Death is the vehicle through which forever and eternity comes. Death, yes, is separation but it is, it is not eternal separation. Life is but for a moment here on earth. 
And it is death that ushers you on to your next assignment. There is much to do in eternity. Begin to change your thoughts about death and celebrate eternal life. She came from Psalms 116 and 15. And the word of God says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So I read that. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, (laughs) God is an awesome God. But inasmuch as I received that message at that time, I was still reluctant to believe. Come on, somebody tell me that they can relate. This is my mother. I was reluctant to believe. I said, God, this is too soon. She's only 71. Why couldn't you give us at least 90 years? Something said to me, even if you had 90, you still would think that it wasn't enough. I said, God, when she got sick and we prayed and, and we came before you and you healed her body as a result of those prayers, we asked you to do it like you did it for Hezekiah. Come on, God, this ain't but three years since. I mean, five. We were asking for a minimum of 15. We didn't want to put a number on it. Was it five? Come on, let me get my math together. Because it was 2018, and here we are in 2022. So that's four years. (laughs) Lord, you got me 11 shy. (laughs) Whatever <laughs> the bit of them I asked for. We were at the at the burial site of my mother, and uh I turned to my siblings that were there with me and I said, Well, my dad, you know, at least he gave us eleven years with my mother. I said he almost gave us twelve, which was the count of how many children they had uh together. But nonetheless, God has sent me that sign. And when he sent me the sign, I still was, I, I, I knew it in the back of my mind, but I was somewhat reluctant to receive it because here, once again, this is my mother and I love her dearly. I cherish the relationship that she and I had. I always felt the special bond with my mom, even as a young child, but I always had a, 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 um, I don't want to say unwarranted because that's not the word. I, I, it was in, in, inappropriate is not the word. I don't know what word, but let me just try to get my thoughts out. I always had uh, uh, an overwhelming desire to want to protect my mother. <laughs> and I would be so out of order. I remember one time we were, we were on the bus We were on the bus, and oftentimes we would use the bus because we didn't have uh, a vehicle, you know, at different seasons. But my daddy probably always had a car, and I remember once my mom had one, and she didn't drive as much when we were younger. But we were on the bus, and she was pregnant with one of my siblings, and and I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm I'm, I'm there. I'm I'm the, uh, what they call them, the goon, the, the protector, you know, the one that that wants to protect her. We're on the bus, but I was always so inappropriate. And my mother was standing and she got on the bus and all of these people are sitting down. And I'm thinking to myself, don't y'all see this pregnant lady standing here and nobody wants to give her a seat? 
So my big, bold, crazy self went over to the person that my mom was standing over because now he or she's holding, gripping the bar, you know, on the bus to, to keep, you know, her, her steady. And I said, uh, can you move? Because I didn't say it in a nice way. <laughs> I, 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 I was so, I was so, like, really? You gonna just sit here and you see my mother standing? So I've always had that condition where I wanted to protect my mother. But my mother, being such a woman of grace and order and structure, she's always about order. Let me tell you something. That lady did not tolerate disrespect. She always believed in, you know, having your place. We got our place. And and she was a very principled woman. As I watched her throughout our lives, uh, uh, throughout our life as a mother, as a wife, she was always principled. Uh, she honored and revered my father as her husband, as the head of her household, and she believed that her kids had a place. And so that particular day, I was out of place. I was out of order. I was I was uh, dressing an adult. It was inappropriate, and she ain't played that. And I believe she she nudged me hard, <laughs> but I want to say she popped me that day. I can't remember, but but that's a funny thought. I thank God for the memories, because I know oftentimes when I minister for uh, to others uh, during their time of grieving, my number one prayer is God. Flood them with favorable memories, memories that will make you smile through the tears, memories that that will be so overwhelming and so real that you just have to laugh. You won't even be able to cry. I loved my mother. I adored her. I remember watching her as a child, as growing up, and I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world, and I would just watch my mother apply her makeup and do her hair and and I wanted to be just like her. (laughs) I watched her. I adored her. And so it was difficult for me to see my mother and to watch her transition because I wanted her to be here. But when God gave me that confirmation through the woman of God, and I shared it with my sister. Um, And I just said, my God. I believe it was four days later, I was was sending things to my mom, and and I wanted to make sure that my uh, siblings who were at the house uh, were there to receive them. And I found out I I did... um, uh, Instacart. I was sending her some food because I, I was just determined. I said, if she getting smaller, <laughs> we 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 gonna feed her. We gonna get her the food she need, the nutrients. That's all she need. We gonna get her back to where you know she can get to where she can get healthier, and and then we can work on whatever is going on in her body. And I was so determined. My mind was just so fixed on getting her. Uh, to eat and and if not eat, get the nutrients that she needed. But anyway, so I sent these things and I called my uh, my my mom's number. They didn't answer. Then I called 
one of my other sisters and she didn't answer. So my, so finally I called my baby sister and I'm on the phone with my baby sister and she's just crying hysterically. She's just, you know, she's unconsolable. She's just crying so heavy. And I'm thinking in my mind, oh my God, she's gone. That was my initial thought. And I asked her, I said, what's wrong? What's going on? And she began to explain to me. She said, mama said, she's done fighting. She said, mama said, she's not doing it anymore. She's not going any further. And she was just crying and and my heart broke for her. Here it is, you know, my mother that I love and adore. And I had to shift to minister to her needs. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. I'm so sorry that I'm not there to be with you, to hold you, to console you, to let you know that you have the support that you need. And so she continued to share some things with me that my mom has said, and I stopped and I said, you know what? Let me call her. Because if for nothing else, while I had my agenda, I had my goal for God to raise her out of that bed. And if if he didn't take her out the bed, you know, do kind of one of them Lazarus things. Come on now. And, 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 and heal her body. I had my ob- objective, but I knew my assignment was to console my mother, to be an extension of God's love in the earth, to help usher her through the season of her life and to be there and to be whatever I needed to be. So I said, well, let me, let me call her because I know that my voice, my words, when I ain't acting up, <laughs> are calming to my mother. They're inspiring. They, they, they encourage her. So I called her and she, she shared, you know, some of the same things that you got to know my mother. My mother uh, is, is, a, is a very strong woman. And, you know, as, as children, we watched her strength, but she was an emotional person. So we, we saw a lot of her vulnerabilities. We saw a lot of the times, you know, that, that she was going through and things like that. So, so we saw her in, 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 in a way. Even when I talk to the younger ones, they say, oh, we never saw mama cry. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> it just, it, it reveals that our, our life experiences with this lady uh, were, were totally different. But nonetheless, uh, she is a, a woman of dignity and composure. So when I talked to her, first thing she said to me, she said, well, well, Don, I'm, I'm just having a bad day. He said, I'm, I'm, it happens. I'm just having a bad day and, and you know, stuff is not uh, 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 going as well. I'm just having a moment is what she was saying. I can't remember the exact words. And so she began to repeat some of the things that she said to my younger siblings. And I said, Mom, I said, I'm going to tell you this. 
If you are tired of fighting, know that you do not have to fight for us. We'll be okay. This is your journey with God. If you are done fighting, be done. But if you ain't done, we're going to fight with you. I want you to know that we are here for you. And we're going to be there. This is about a covenant with your father who is our God. I said, what is God saying to you? And my mother said to me, she said, God is saying prepare. And when I tell you my heart dropped from my heart to my stomach, and I paused for a moment because I didn't want to burst out in tears, but I felt every emotion and every outburst and everything that my baby sister felt in the moment that she heard what she heard. I just wanted to scream. But the Holy Ghost rose up in me. And I spoke to my mother. I said, if God said prepare, we're going to prepare. And if you're ready, we'll all be ready with you. We talked a little bit more and I can't remember the words that she said. But at the end of that conversation, I remember my mother saying to me, Don, I'm going to fight. And at that point, I got encouraged. I said, well, wait a minute. She says she's going to fight. I forget everything that was said before then. I said, oh, we about to fight. And I went into prayer and I went into intercession and I went before the Lord and I said, God, because I know you can, I trust you too. I prayed every prayer that could have been prayed. I went before God and I had faith. I made sure that doubt wouldn't creep in. I said, God, increase my faith. Now, God had already on the 8th given me the word through confirmation of the woman of God. God had told my mother because I knew from the beginning of when I heard that she had been sick that once God settles it with her, see, it don't matter what the doctors say. It don't matter what we say or what we feel Once God settled it with her, that's when it would be done. So when she said that, I knew, I knew in my conscious mind that we were, you know, towards the end of that transition. But in my heart, I just could not let go. God is such a great God. He is such a sovereign God. And it didn't matter what I did, what I said, how I felt. God's covenant with my mother usurped any covenant that I had with her, any desire that I had with her. God says she belongs to me. And in as selfish as I was, And wanting her to stay here, you know, I didn't want her to be in pain, but I knew that where her body was, it was impossible for her to survive without being in pain. 
But here I was, I said, God, I accept what you allow. I accept what you allow. And so I believe it was around, so this was the 12th when she had made that declaration that God has said that it was it was time to prepare. And so on the 14th, my well my 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 younger sister, the one above the baby, on the 12th, she had she had subsequently texted me. And she said, and me and another sister, she said, I want to document this because mama's saying these things and I, and I don't want it to get lost. So, so I want to share this with you. I don't want to scare nobody, but I want to share these things with you. And so on the 14th, on that Friday, my sister texts me and, and my other sister, she said, I don't know how to tell you this, but mama woke up and and her face didn't look right. She said her face was swollen and drooping and and things like that. I said, I'm on my way. Still not knowing or understanding that within days, I would never see my mother alive again. My God. Holding on to the fact that death as the as as the woman of God shared, is a good thing. See, at this point, I said, if we gonna do this, I got to trust you. He said, although death is separation, death is a good thing. He said, I see it as a good thing. It takes you to your next assignment. It's a separation between the physical and the spiritual. But I am taking you to your next assignment. And I was holding on to that. And everything in me said, this is it. This is it. This is it. And I kept trying. I was struggling. Y'all hear me? I was struggling. I reached out to my girls and my daughters and I said, I got to go. I said, and 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 it was a it was a reaction, but I if y'all know me, I I I'm a good driver because <laughs> I'm from Detroit City, I, you know I'm a good driver, but I'm not a great driver. I'm not all that good, and so I knew I would need someone to to drive me. So I reached out to my babies and I said, I gotta go, I gotta be there. Because as she goes through this transition, I got to be there. I sat there, I, I, I sat in the car and I struggled. The, the three and a half hour drive, <laughs> three hours, because my baby, my briefing took me. And I'm telling you, that girl, she she's a good driver. She's a great driver. Had me there quicker than I thought. But nonetheless, I was just, I was battling in my mind. I said, God, no. Look, no, you cannot take her. This is premature. We need her. And God says she's mine. 
I'm bringing her back with me so that she can reign in paradise. All of the sacrifice that she had given in the earth, I want to give her the ultimate reward. Mm. I'm telling you, I struggled. I wanted to turn off every voice that was in my head. I struggled. And so when we got there, I heard the Holy Spirit say, begin to minister to her needs. So I started thinking, I said, well, mom, what do you need? You need this, you need that. You know, what, what? you want to drink, you want to eat, you, you know, all of these things. I'm trying to fix it. <laughs> I want to fix it. She got so, she got so mad at me. She got so mad at me. Well, I'm not going to say she was mad at me because she did say when I talked to her, she said, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> but, but I was so fixated on getting her to eat. We had established a, um, a home care service to come in. And when I tell you, whoever's listening to me, that God has called into that help ministry for the elderly, please get on your job <laughs> because there's too many agencies out here that ain't doing what they say that they're supposed to be doing. But nonetheless, I had I had gotten this one place and, and my mother really fell in love with the young lady that came out and was caring for her. And I had gotten word that the young uh, girl was not you know, really meeting our needs, which was primarily getting my mom to eat. But I had not understood the attachment that my mother had with the young lady. So y'all know I'm the fixer. I'm the protector. I'm the one that's on the bus seeing somebody sitting down and like, how dare you not give my queen a seat? I said, oh, we gonna fix this. And I had no idea that she was close closer to the end, and I had no idea that any efforts that we put towards her diet and her nutrition wasn't going to do anything anyway. So so I told I told him, okay, thank you for your service. We will no longer need you. And I went to another agency, and that was a whole big old debacle. But nonetheless, she called me one day. <laughs> and my mother is so funny. She's so funny. Let me tell you, my mother is the queen of small talk. She'll call you, talk about something that ain't, you know, really about nothing. <laughs> but she warming you up for what she really want to talk about. And before we got off the phone, she told me, she said, because I told her when one of my sisters uh, told me, she said, she's she mad. You know, she mad because you got rid of that girl. And I said, what? Oh, my God, I didn't mean it like that. You know, I just was trying to help and, and fix it. And so I called my mother that day, you know, to say, Mom, you know, look, this is why I did what I did. And I was explaining to her, I said, because these people will help you to, you know, get you a diet and help you all with all of this and whatever. And, uh... <laughs> she, you know, if, if it don't work out, we'll get the girl back. Her name was Deanna. I said, we'll get Deanna back if it don't work out, you know. So anyway, it didn't work out. <laughs> so that Sunday she calls me and she goes, you know, talking a small talk. I can't even remember what she started out with, but we talked and my mom, 
she'll she'll be one. She she'll sit on the phone. She just you ain't saying nothing. She just sit, you know. And she I guess she was pausing, maybe figuring out how to say stuff to me, cause she she know how sensitive I get. But anyway, she said, "Well, Don, I I want Deanna back." I said, "Oh, you ain't said nothing but a word." I said, "Okay, ma." I said, "We get her back." And and as she and I were on the phone, I. Uh, text the lady because I had her phone number and then I emailed them and they text me back. Before me and my mama got off the phone, she said the the girl had been exposed to um, COVID and uh, and I had told my mom, I said, well, mom, they saying that she was exposed to COVID and my mama said, well, that's all right. She ain't got to come. And so they called me on Monday and said, well, she she took a COVID test and tested negative. And I knew my mom was struggling because she didn't know, you know, that the girl was coming back. And uh, nonetheless, we got the girl. She came back. And I believe it may have been a day before my mom had passed away. Uh, she had come out to the house and my mom was so happy to see her. And she told her, she said, I'm so glad you're back. And the girl said, y'all crazy people got rid of me. I almost kicked out the house. But anyway, <laughs> she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. And, and she will always be an embedded part of our family uh, going forward. But nonetheless, she was she was there. We got the girl back and uh, we were caring for my mother. And it's, it's, it's so many things that just watching her go through that transition, not knowing that she was transitioning from the day I got there on that Friday to the time that she transitioned, which would have been that Tuesday. Uh, I just, I, I replay it back in my head and it's so many things. What a beautiful, beautiful experience. It, and, and it was so clouded by my pain and my hurt to see my mother leave that I couldn't see the beauty of God's glory through that transition. I'm telling you, I watched my mother go from the physical. She, she, she went from a, a physical cognitive state where she had all of the faculties of her mind. I'm telling you, that lady was sharp up until the end, and she was determined to be that way, to the transition in the spirit realm, to where this lady was speaking stuff that was about to happen before it happened. I had an experience with her. I was sitting in the room, and she said to me, and I'm going to get to my text because I really want to talk about he saw the best in me, but how do you see yourself? But we were um, we were sitting in the room, and and my mother just you know at this point she she was saying things, and and we didn't fully comprehend it, but we we knew and understood that she did. <laughs> she said she said Google trying to get me, and I said I told her, I looked over I said they trying to get you oh not today they ain't gonna get you today, and she said. She had been saying earlier that day, I think it was that day, 
that she was going home. I think she had told my my sister, my baby sister, she said um, she, her bags were packed and she was going home. But she said, Google trying to get me. And so, you know, uh-uh, not today. So she said, Don, pass me that blanket up there, that pink blanket up there. I said, what? What pink blanket? Because it was no pink blanket in the room. She said, up there on that TV stand. And so, of course, my mother, she didn't have a TV stand in her room, but she placed her, her television on top of her one of her chest, uh, her dresser drawers. And so I looked up, I said, well, Ma, there's no pink blanket here. So my one of my younger sisters came in the room and she said, she said, give me that pink, pink blanket. And I said, I said, what pink blanket is she talking about? And so my sister said her her baby, you know, one of her babies has a, a pink blanket. So she went down and she went in the basement and grabbed the blanket and and put it over my mother. And I, I said, you know, I just sat and and we would, at that time, we were taking turns, you know, sitting with her and just being with her and watching her and, and just being there in the room with her. And so my sister had left, and, and so I sat down, and what I typically do, <laughs> I, I get my my phone out, and I start reading stuff. I took my phone out, and I started looking uh, through my, my emails, you know, just something to help me pass the time and, and read. And do you know, there was a notification that had come in from Amazon that the pink positioning pad that we had purchased from my mother had been delivered within minutes. And it was outside on the porch. <laughs> when I tell you, because I, first of all, the fact that I was drawn to that email to start, you know, going through that, because typically I get on that Facebook or some other social media. But the fact that I went there, opened that thing up. And in the, you know, in the email, it show you a, a picture of what they put in there. And then it showed the picture of the pink um positioning pad, I said, come on now. Can't nobody convince me of nothing. I know that I know that what God says is real. That this thing that we are in called life has existence beyond the physical realm because she was able to see that that pad was out there. And the reason that it was so significant is because as we moved my mother, my mother had gotten so small. She was bone on bone. Her hips were so, you know, she her, she had lost all of her muscle mass. She was bone on bone. And so when we would turn her to one side or to the other, she would, you know, her hips would be sore or aching, even though this lady would never say up until the end. She would not say she was in pain. She would not say she was in pain. She kept talking about she was irritated. It was irritating her. She was frustrated. And every time that pain would come in, she would say, shooby-doo, shooby-doo. 
she wouldn't cuss. I, t- I, I told my sister, I said, that's our new word. I love that word. My mama passed that word down to us. And, and, uh, but anyway, it was a few days later that my mother went on home to glory. And in between that time, I sat there one morning and my sister, uh, was checking in on me. My my husband's uh, older sister, she, she was constantly checking in on me. And I had shared with her that I knew that God had sent me there to minister to my mother. And while I believed that she was saved, one of the things that was piercing in my spirit to do was to walk her through the prayer of salvation. And when I tell you I was paralyzed and gripped with fear because I didn't want to do it, not because I didn't believe it, but because I could not reconcile my mind with this is it. We're at the end. My sister and I were texting back and forth and I was telling her, I said, I just, I can't do it. And I was crying and I was so frustrated with myself because I had come prepared. I had my scriptures and not just for the prayer of salvation, but to minister to my mother about this transition that she was about to go through with the father. But when I got there, I I just got so gripped with the commonality of my relationship with my mother versus my role and function in in the kingdom. And so I was just so frustrated with myself. I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to do it, but I can't do it. So I walk out the room. And my older sister was there. And she told me, she said, Mama's friend just called and she said she wants to take Mama through the prayer of salvation. And she and and she wants to come over at such and such a time. And I said, Well, I want to be there. And when I tell you in my inner being. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I was shouting. I was, you know, I said, look at God. And the lady came over later that day and she and I went back in the room. Well, I was already in the room with my mother and she came back and she shut the door and she took out her blessed oil and she began to talk to my mother. And she said, you remember years ago when I met you, And I wanted to walk you through the prayer of salvation. She said, well, today, Dorothy, I want to walk you through it. And it's okay. She said, if if you accept, she said, you don't have to say any words. Just, Just nod your head or say yes. Or you don't have to repeat it with me. Say, uh huh, because God knows your heart. And she began to minister to her. And as she began to minister to her, as she started to recite the the, uh, prayer of salvation, and as she got to the confirmations of, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and she began to speak to my mother, and my mother just said, "Uh uh-huh, 
She said, yes. She said, Dorothy, do you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? Savior? She said, uh-huh. Yes. And when I tell you part of her, my mother, and you just got to know her. Because I can tell in her mind, she's saying, I'm already saved. <laughs> because she's had this conversation with me time and time again. I, I believe in God. I'm saved. I don't go to church like people go. But I know God, and she's, you know, she's formerly been baptized and all of that. But anyway, I, it just tickled me a little bit the way that she was reacting and responding because I knew that she was in her conscious, cognitive mind, and she was just being herself. So she turned to me, the lady that came in to minister to my mother, and she handed me her blessed oil. Well, before then, she she blessed and anointed my hands. She uh, prayed for me, and I anointed her head, and I prayed for her. And she went on to minister to my mother. But then she turned to me, and she handed me the blessed oil that she had brought with her. And she said, I want you to minister to your family. She said, God told me to tell you, minister to your family. And so I took the blessed oil, and she said, well, I... I don't have my scriptures. She said, I had scriptures, but I don't have my scriptures. Now, mind you, I had collected all of these scriptures that I was just going to come in and share with my mother and, and, and help her to transition and calm her fears and all of that. But I did not do it because I was so gripped with fear because I felt if I did it, I was aligning myself with the fact that she was going to go. And so I pulled out the uh, scriptures that I had and I began to minister to my mother. I began to share with her the love that God had for her, that he loved her so much that when her body began to fail her, he's going to bring her to a place where there's no sorrow, no hurt, no pain, no illness. He's going to take her into paradise to where now we have limited access to her. But when she is with the Father, there's no boundaries between time and 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 uh, point of contact because to be absent from this world is to be present with the Lord. And when we are in His presence, that we will meet again. And so I began to minister to my mother, and she was, you know, she she was doing her little thing. <laughs> she was, but she was, mm-hmm, yeah. And it was such a beautiful experience. But I still wasn't ready to let go. But let's get into the text because what I wanted to talk about today, and this thing is going to cut me off in another few minutes. So what I'm going to do is stop here and then I'm going to come back and go with the text. But ain't y'all glad about God? Aren't you glad that we serve a God who is not concerned about life and death the way that we do or the way that we are? 
He's a God who is so great that he won't keep us here a moment longer than we should be. No matter how much we protest, God is the ultimate love. And his love is what it does. He knew my mother was ready to stop fighting. She was fighting for us. She was fighting for her children. She wanted all of us to get along. She wanted all of us to love one another. She wanted all of us to come together as a family. She wanted us to be able to accept her departure from the earth. And even on her deathbed, she wanted to protect us. Mm, mm, mm. I'm so grateful to God that he allowed me to experience his agape love in the flesh. Because when I tell you that woman love without conditions. Mm, mm, mm. All right, I got to do my assignment this morning. So let me go into the word of God. All right, all right. So he saw the best in me. (laughs) But how do I see myself? Go with me in the word of God. We're going to be coming from uh, Matthew 25. Let's start around the verse um, 25. But I'm going to come from the NIV. What did I say? 25. We're going to start with verse uh, 14. And the word of God says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold to another two bags to another one bag, each according to what? his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two bags. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. At the long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold came. He said, master, You entrusted me with two bags of gold, and I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of 
many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was, ref- I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for who, whoever has for whoever has will be in, be given more and they will have abundance for whoever has will be given more and they will have abundance whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> See, he thought he was doing something. He thought he was doing something by hiding the master's treasure. When Jesus uses parables, he's, he's teaching us lessons about life. The lessons of life, the ones that he felt that we needed to know. When we look at the passage in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, that I just read, the, the, the message, the glaring and, and blaring and, and loud message that God was giving us through that parable. Was that when we give our best, we receive a reward, but according to the measure of our of the best that we do. It doesn't matter how much you have. Because see, he had given one five, he had given one two, he had given one one. And it was the one with the least who tried to hoard what he had because he was afraid to give his best. He didn't want to give his best because he said, look, why well, am I going to waste that effort? I know you are a hard man. All right, no. So I'm not even going to put no effort into trying to, you know, invest this. Because if I lose it, you're going to be hard on me. And I already know you, you the type of man, you look, 
you're going to get what you ain't sown. And you're going to take what don't belong to you. So I'm just going to, let me put it in here. But it was the one who had sacrificed the most, doing the best that he could with what he had, that the master took from the one who did nothing and gave him all of his reward. The Bible lets us know that nothing in life lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. I shared my testimony of, of my dear mother transitioning and, and, and you know, I, I say prematurely, but God said it was in his timing. Nothing lasts forever. Not houses, not clothing, not cars, no material things. This is why God wants us to not get attached to our earthly possessions. In Matthew 6 and 9, the word of God says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doeth uh, corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. We don't need the Bible to, to tell us that death is inevitable because we can watch it. We see it all the time. But what the Bible tells us is that we must prepare for death. We must be prepared to meet our father. Amos 4 and 12 says, Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. In Matthew 25, 14 through 23, God was showing us that all men, meaning human, are not created equal. We're created uniquely, but not equal. The lesson that we have to to yield to as Christians is that God did not create us equally, but he created us to innately do our best. And our best, no matter how much or how little it is, is good enough. Our best is good enough. (laughs) Five and two talents are not equal gifts. And that's how God works. That's how he works. He'll give some many. He'll give some a a little. But he wants us to do with what he's given us the best that we can do. On my job, I get so frustrated. And I was so, I was irritated yesterday. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm about to overuse this word, irritated. (laughs) Like my mother, I'm about to start saying, shoo do But these people get on my nerves. And I, but I was so irritated because when you ask somebody for help, they want to act like, well, this person could do it better, so let's just let them do it. No, I'm asking you to help me so that once I understand, I can do it to the best of my ability. 
I was going through this presentation. I got so frustrated with this guy. And he he's a nice guy, but I'm telling you, he I don't want to say he's a racist, but he's, you know, he got some tendencies there. My, my Canadian buddy. But anyway, I was walking through this presentation, and as I was doing the presentation, there were slides that I had not yet reviewed, nor did I write the scripts wrong? So somebody else was going through the slides, writing the scripts. So I'm reading through them. And so I'm staggering with my reading. Now, the person who presented before me, who actually is on his team, she was staggering too. Now, she done reread. They done read these a billion times. I'm just coming back from bereavement. I'm reading it. And do you know this joker took a dig at me? I said, I got so frustrated with him. But I didn't react because I got the word earlier in my devotion time. Because, you know, God has to work with me, especially when I come off of being around my family, because I will revert. (laughs) I became Abby to Don all around. I'm telling you, I was so mad at myself. I said, I I became Abington Don and felt justified in it. Got the cussing, fussing. I was so mad. Somebody had tried to steal my identity, got some loans in my name, or tried to. They couldn't get it going. But anyway, I got so upset, I got the cussing. Told them all the stuff I was going to do to the person if I found out who did it. God said, what's wrong with you? What's going on with that tongue? So I had to repent and pray and separate myself from them jokers because when I get around them Courtney's, <laughs> hey, some cussing, son, uh, folk. <laughs> so I had to, you know, kind of back away a little bit. But anyway, nonetheless, um, you know, he he made me so mad. And then my manager, who, you know, I, I can't stand people who straddle the fence. And they, oh, Dawn, it's okay. They want you to put your guard down. So that other people can walk all over you. No, no. How how would you react if it was happening to you? Well, we just need to get a debrief and, and get this in front of them. No, we need a separation of duties. I need to understand what my role is. We need to understand what their role is. And everybody get in their lane. Because that's how I function best. They keep dipping on my side. And we're not going to get it done. Because they don't have the skill set that I have. As well, I don't have the skill set that they have from the business acumen perspective. But nonetheless, this guy was, he was tripping on me. And so I said, listen, best is not always better. And just because this person may, in your eyes, be able to do it best, it's not going to be better for them to do it. Because if I cannot do my best, I will not learn. And you will always be attached to hand-holding me through the process. So anyway, I got through that. But let me get back to my text. (laughs) I'm not your worker. I'm not your employee. I don't understand the business infrastructure to the degree that they do. But let me take my two talents against their five. And let me plant them in, in uh, fertile ground so that the seeds that grow from that will help me to be able to be better 
in the future. See, folks don't understand that. But I understand that all God expects from me is my best. All God expects from you is your best. He sees the best in you, but how do you see yourself? It was something that rose up in me yesterday, I'm telling you. I had no fear. I had no worry. I had no doubt. I said, yeah, I fumbled over these words. Yep, I didn't understand the context of these slides. But it's because I saw them for the first time. You try being me. <laughs> You try doing what I've, what I've done. In verse 20 through 23 in the same chapter, Matthew 25, the, the uh, man who had the five talents, he went on and he produced five. And the man who had two, he went on to produce two. Each of the men, they did the best with what God gave them. And the way that God looks at that, he will reward us with the same reward. Our best is good enough. Our best, what I can do. I was poking fun at, 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 at my family. You know, I, I make my little snide remarks. They, they think I'm so far removed from, <laughs> from being who I am. I'm like, we all cut from the same cloth. So sometimes when I stick them, they be like, ooh, Dawn did that, Dawn said that. I thought she was a Christian. I thought she was a minister. <laughs> I don't know if they say that for real. But I was I was taking little jabs and little digs because of stuff that be coming back to me and I hear. And I say, I know people don't think I think I'm better than nobody. Because I don't. I think you're better than what you present for a few. But that's my perception and my perspective. And, and I'm not con- condemning you. But don't think you're going to have behind, oh, she thinks she better. That you ain't going to get a, an opinion. Right is right, wrong is wrong. And we all have to sharpen one another. We all have a responsibility. But anyway, your best is good enough. My best is good enough. There is nothing in my life right now that I can say I obtained by my own might. It was from the blessings of God, the anointing that he has placed on my life, that he has called me out. And he said, look, I got to take you here in order to get you there. But with the talents that he had given me, I was able to take those talents and produce <laughs> I used to always say I'm going to fake it till I make it. Now I got to the point in my career at least where it's like, okay, I ain't faking it no more. I really understand this mess. <laughs> I'm not like that that man with the five talents. You're going to go and just produce five. No, baby, I done produced 100 and 500 because <laughs> I, I just keep over and over and over. But our best to God is good enough so long as you are doing your best. If we learn this one fact as Christians, that God has given some more abilities than others, 
He has given some more abilities than others. And and guess what? It's okay. It's okay. I was I was hearing little snide things, you know, folks were saying and you know whatever. Listen, if you want to be better than me, if you want to be better than me, seek God. Cleanse your heart. Turn your heart towards him. Eliminate the sin out of your life. Get up on the pulpit. As a matter of fact, I got a space for you because we're trying to build up our clergy uh, altar. I mean, uh, uh, roster. I got a place for you. You want to be better than me? Because he has given some more ability than others. Our job is to get in our lane, let folks shine, and do what they do, and do the best that we can do. Too many people go through life miserable and 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 unsatisfied about their lives because they're comparing themselves to others, and they're comparing what somebody has against what they got. Do the best with what you got. You know how many times I struggled? That's why I was so frustrated. I was so hurt. I was so mad when I found out that somebody had taken, you know, and tried to get credit in my name. I said, y'all barking up the wrong tree. You should have you took my money out of my pocket. You should have took my cash because credit, that ain't, that ain't my thing. But it was so hurtful. Because I believe that that information being disclosed could not have been disclosed without someone close to me obtaining that information. Because this has never happened to me before. Never. Well, no, no, no. It happened to me once before. Many, 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 many years ago. And I knew the person who had done it. And I dealt with that person. But after that, my credit was so jacked up. <laughs> if they tried it again, they wouldn't have been able to do that with it. But this is the year that I started, you know, taking some strides and doing some things so that I could, I'm trying to buy this house that I'm in. <laughs> and, and yeah, yep. So I, I was hurt. I got to cussing and fussing and saying all this stuff. And God said, uh-uh, uh-uh, you don't belong to you. 2 Corinthians 10 and and 12 says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But thy measuring thyselves and themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. The Bible tells us it's not wise to compare yourself to someone else. Compare yourself to what God sees in you you. He sees the best in you, but how do you see yourself? Stop worrying about what people think or what people say or how people judge you. Are you lined up with the perfect will of God? I'm telling you, that's the only thing that matters. (laughs) I almost got caught up in my flesh and cussed somebody out because I said, my mama ain't here no more. (laughs) She ain't here no more. And she's the only one I was worried about folk running back because people always run back and tattletale on me. 
<laughs> Don did this. Don was acting like this. Don, 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 Don. I said, she gone now. I was in my flesh. I'm telling y'all, y'all got to pray for prophetess. I was in my flesh. And I know that ain't of God. I said, I'm about to cuss you out. But God had to correct me. But anyway, it is not wise to compare yourself to someone else. God will never judge us by someone else's ability because he measures you from the intent of your heart. From the intent of your heart, not by the output of other people's abilities or the things that they are doing. Stop looking at whether you're doing as good as this one or that one. Worry about if you are giving God your best. Mark uh, 12, 41 through 44, it talks about the poor widow. Her best was less than a lot of others, but she gave Jesus more than any because she gave her best and her best was good enough no matter how little it was anything less than our best that we give to God is not good enough no matter how great it is if you are not giving your best it is not good enough In Matthew 24, uh, 25, 24 through 25, the, the problem with that, that uh, servant was that he didn't see the master as fair. And of course, you're looking at it like, okay, <laughs> I think part of his attitude was, now I done seen you give this one five. I done seen you give that one two. And you going to give me one? I can get a whole attitude just right there. You're going to get on five, two, and you giving me one. Okay, I got you. Now, he done said all this little slight stuff to the bastard. Look, I know you a mean man. I know you, oh, he said hard. I know you a hard man. I know you reap where you have not sown. I know that you will gather where you haven't uh, shattered any seed. Look at him, what his attitude He felt slighted. And so he justified his actions with the excuse. So he he just didn't do nothing. But God does not accept excuses because he's measuring us from the intent of our heart, whether we're rich or poor. Y'all remember uh, Ananias and and, uh, what was his wife? Sapphira in Acts 4, 32 uh, and 5 and 4. They were wealthy landowners and, and, and they probably had much more than anybody else. But remember how greedy they were? And they held back. They, they were like, uh-uh, we ain't got nothing. <laughs> we ain't got nothing. Y'all see what God did to them.
It doesn't matter where you are in life. What God wants us to understand today is that all he expects is our best. I told you I spent some time with my family and over these last few months, I've spent more time with them than I have over the last 10, 15 years. I'm telling you the truth, collectively. And I started reverting back into, you know, some of the traditions of our family. Just being around uh, my one sister, she told me, she said, (laughs) her husband told her when she got home, you cussing every other word. Every other word you speak, you cussing. And I told her, I said, yeah, that cuss demon came back on me. Because that's just how we, you know, we learn how to talk. My daddy was a cusser. My mother didn't cuss until she got angry. But that thing rose up in me, and I had to get it in check. Because not only did the cussing come up, the anger came up. Because I was so, ooh, I was so mad. I was so angry. And I said, God, I will not offend or harm my family members by my anger. I said, I got to get away from these folks. But I was not giving God my best because I needed to be there to minister to my family, to be on post, to be in position. But because of the pain and the sorrow of what I was experiencing, I just went just like that one with the one talent. (laughs) I said, I'm going to bury this. (laughs) I I buried that anointing that he put on my life to help usher my family through because I went right to my hotel room. I think I slept two days straight. I slept, I said, y'all have at it. I did not give him my best. And God said, I see the best in you. But what do you see in yourself? So I had to separate myself. I had to go and pray. I had to seek his face. I had to say, God, any and everything that is in me that is not like you, take it away because I belong to you. You are my Lord and Savior. You are the one who brought me thus far. I'm not worried about anything else, but how am I pleasing you? God, I yield unto you my best. I didn't want to get up this morning and minister this word because I was still seething in my anger. I was still frustrated in my pain. But the Holy Spirit tapped me this morning and said, this is the day. So he saw the best in me, but what did I see in myself? I just want to commission all of you today. I want to admonish you today to get up, dry your weeping eyes, 
I want you to get up, go and look in the mirror and say, God, show me what you see. I want to see me through your eyes. You see the best in me, but how do I see myself? My God. <laughs> I said I had to go back. I said, God, you were there when I was cussing and fussing and angry and upset. You were there. When I said I couldn't take it no more and I just said, God, I got to just put my head under this cover and just hide away. I had to slip away. My sister called me one day. She was so upset with me. She said, I'm tired of you running. She said, you can't keep running. You can't keep doing this to yourself. And that girl said to me, she said, I love you. Probably never in my life heard that girl say, I love you. She said, I love you. She said, we love you. You got to stop. Stop running. Stop running. And even though I heard her at that time, I said, y'all have at it. Because <laughs> I'm tired of y'all. Y'all tired of me. I got to step away. But God solved the best in me. He solved the best in me. Even when I was at my worst, he solved the best in me. Even when I was hurt and could not move, I was immobile. I was debilitated. That, that, that thing that paralyzed me seeing my mother in the bed feeling that God had anointed me to place hands on her and to raise her up to heal her. I was paralyzed. I was gripped by fear. But God saw the best in me and he knew that this day was going to come where I could come and minister a word that will raise you up no matter where you are. And let you know that he sees the best in you. What do you see? And until you see what God sees. Until you take those five talents and multiply. Until you take those uh, two talents and multiply. Until you take that one talent and multiply. You are not doing your best. I admonish you today. Get up. Get up. Do your best. Take the talents that God has given you. Take one step at a time. He will build the pavement underneath your feet. As sure as I am a prophet of God, as sure as I am Dorothy's daughter, as sure as I am here, as you can hear me under the sound of my voice, God has greater for you. But you've got to see the best that he sees in you. So that you can do with what God has given you the best that you can do. I promise you, if you take heed to this word, God is going to allow it to manifest, to multiply, and to grow in your life. Get up. Get up. Get up. And do what God has called you to do. All right, this is Prophetess Dawn. I got my pastor hat on today. I love you. I love you. I love you. The man of God said as we were uh, praying for my mother when we got to the cemetery, when he finished saying all he had to say, he said, now I want you to turn to the person next to you. And as beautiful as they may be, I want you to tell them I love you and ain't nothing you can do about it. Well, Prophetess loves you. Pastor Dawn loves you. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do about it. I pray that this word is ministered to your soul. I pray that you will receive manifestation of God's glory by testimony as a result of this word. 
Go and live, 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 live and love according to God's purpose and plan for your life. I love you all. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.